Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update. Uh, today it's uh, me and it's Gustav, of course, but we also have a couple of guests this time. Uh, not only one, we have two guests actually. I thought that you uh, could introduce yourself. So let's start with you, Lone. Yes, my name is uh, Lone. I'm originally from uh, Denmark. Um, I live and work in Germany right now in Munich for Microsoft at the German Enterprise Market. I'm a technical specialist for finance, and I have been working in finance before that in 20 years, and also implementing uh, finance operations for customers in Denmark. So, yeah, that's me. And then we have Ulrika. Well, uh, I'm similar to, uh, to Leona. However, I'm Swedish. Uh, I have um, also a background within finance and being also part of partner organizations and end users. So that's me. I've been working with Dynamics for over 20 years now. Also in this the time of Accepta. <laughs> Similar but Swedish. <laughs> yes. And, and, and the reason why you're both here is because I happen to be at the Finance and Supply Chain Summit in Lisbon this weekend. And I heard your session there. Uh, which was called Leave Old Processes Behind and Speed Up Your Daily Work. Could you, uh, could, could one of you please uh, explain a little more about what, what, how it came to be and what it was? Yeah, I unfortunately did not see the session. So you have an excellent opportunity here to kind of give me the, give me the key takeaways from, from a very long session, of course. So um, we'd be happy to hear it. Great. Uh, well, I can start then. Well, we tried to find something that would entertain a crowd listening to a topic of finance on a Saturday and before lunch. So <laughs> trying to find and do that in a good way. Well, then we we think that optimizing finance processes, that's something that both me and Leona really enjoys and we love that. But then we want to show that passion and maybe in a bit different way. So. We took it the old-fashioned way between Swedes and Danes. We fight it out. <laughs> so it was um, a finance battle. So we have actually topics going back and forth between each other. And Leona, do you want to add something, perhaps? Yeah, I think uh, the, the hard thing for us was to limit ourselves in uh, what we were going to show because... Uh, uh, there's a lot of customers using uh, old functionality and there's so much new functionality and we wanted to show uh, things from all the new uh, all the new and good things like the uh, automation of invoices which is one of my favorite topics and we had subscription billing and we had a lot of new things um, it was it was a good session uh, and we had so much fun doing it actually so <laughs> The preparation was uh, more than half of it. So Fantastic! It was it was a good session, yeah. And yeah. I think it's and very. Since we have been... Sorry. Sorry. Go, go ahead. It's since you have been. No, it, it was just that both Ulrika and me have the have been uh, a user at a partner and at Microsoft. So we have like the different uh, angles of the situations. So. Yeah. yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right in that that. Um... Us who, who usually work with the product tend to use things in a different way than the end users. Uh, because that's, that's what I also try to tell my uh, finance consultants is that you need to remember that Microsoft 
doesn't use the system they build a system and that's different they 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 look at it from a different perspective than than you guys do and then than our end users do as well yeah but it's also interesting i think the, what you mentioned about the the passion like making monthly closing finance processes a very a fun thing i, I love that thing that the passion about it because you're speaking to a crowd i mean you had a room full of people who hopefully we're at least a little bit interested in the finance part of Dynamics, or otherwise they, they chose the wrong session, right? But it's still fun to discuss these things because even a small automation, even a small like improvement to the system is really fun because it makes, in, in the end, hopefully business life, a life in the business day of, of anyone, a little bit better, just a little bit better, right? So how to do that unless you don't learn or change or adapt to what's coming and what's new? So I think maybe that's one of the reasons, and you can help me out there if that's your experience as well, that people are used to doing things the same way. But now we have a new, nice, shiny platform with coming updates every month, with new features coming every month. And I think from a revolutionary standpoint, I think that's the biggest change for, uh, speaking for Accepta AX users historically, once before you installed it and not so many customizations perhaps on finance side but you install it and that's what you get you do the same thing every monthly closing yearly closing and so forth right but now we have a lot of new regulatory updates um, enhancements coming in so how to adapt and how to make use of it really and to see that um, the usability of them as well it's very interesting interesting topic and i hope you got uh, people to love it yeah but it really is and there are so many things um and on the reporting side, there is also great stuff coming now. We've seen like the start of it. We've seen the financial tags and yeah. that's coming. And then within the next few releases, there will be a lot more on that topic as well. And we've seen the Microsoft acquisition of uh, Suplari, which will give us a lot more on the vendor insight side of things. And how we can work and continue improve processes on that side. That will be super interesting, which will mm. be, I think, released during the autumn within the product. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about that? The supply purchase, the, is that an ISV product that has been like acquired or is it more on, on the inside? Well, it's actually not an ISV product, I would say. I would say it's a company that Microsoft mm -hmm. bought with a, a great solution on how to to look and get vendor insights. So what you actually get, you uh, get information from all of your vendors, but also their purchase orders, their contracts, all of that is then brought into the solution. And out of that, you get like the data washed. Okay. You get one vendor for all of your legal entities. Normally you would see, master data management here being an issue because you would have different vendor numbers in different legal entities etc yeah. but then you bring this together you get one picture of your vendor and you can All then right. based out of that take new good decisions when you maybe negotiate new contracts or you can look at opportunities within cost reduction so that's super interesting that's coming yeah, very cool. That's always been like a, a tricky part to solve how to see across legal entities, across instances. I mean, using golden record would be one way, but doing that, that's very interesting to look into. Something to look forward to in a feature update, right? Yeah, on. absolutely. Cool. So 
can you tell us a little bit more about your session? I mean, what um, uh, the, what was your favorite topic? Uh, let's say, Ulrika, what was your favorite point from the session? One the most fun to to present. The most fun to present. Well, um, I think the financial tags was actually one of them because it's I love all of the new things mm. that will be. Yeah, so that's just been released. And that's also something that works very well with what Leon also showed that will come where you can do automatic settlements. Also using those tags when you settle transactions towards each other. So that is something improving life on the finance department for Manfred. So is it like financial dimensions on, on steroids? So it's a better better way to use it. No, not on steroids. It's uh <laughs> it's actually not as rigorously um, controlled as a financial dimension. It's a little bit lighter, actually. More forgiving, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, and you can create your own on the fly. Yeah. And, and you cannot use them in the account structures, right? No, you cannot. But so, uh, they're used for settlement yeah. and like categorizing, so it makes makes it yeah, easier to settle and to categorize. Yeah. Okay. And for yeah. reporting, of course. Yeah. And Luna, same question to you. What was your favorite? My favorite topic is, of course, always the <laughs> vendor invoice automation. Okay. Uh, Ulrika showed the invoice capture. And mm -hmm. uh, in Denmark, when, uh, where I worked uh, at the customers, we usually, nine out of ten times, uh, there would be um, with, uh, the use of the standard vendor invoice workflow. And we use the vendor invoice automation from the beginning uh, at the customers. And it's a really time-saving, uh, or some really time-saving features that uh, and a batch job automatically finds and matches the product receipts and uh, it can if the uh, purchase order is already approved and the amount matches uh, the invoice then it can automatically submit uh, to workflow and post automatically so you don't even need to touch the invoices and that's something you can uh, explain to customers because they can they can see uh, that that saves time in in the accounting in the accounting yeah. department um, that's some of my favorite things. Cool, uh, Johan. What what made you uh, like interested? You 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 and I are both very technical, so that's kind of the biggest drawback of, of this podcast because we lean towards the technical side. I've I've done my share my share of monthly closings as well um, as many years as well in in the um, dynamics industry, but we lean towards the technical side. So it's a very refreshing interview here to have two experts from finance area. But what made you visit the, the session you on? Was it the finance part or was it the process part? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a bit strange. I don't really love finance as, as you guys do. So I, I, I know I'm strange. I'm, I'm the outsider here. But the thing I really liked about the session, I, I think I sort of fell in love with the title because I've been talking about this for a while. Um, I mean, the processes are there for supporting the business. They are there as a, as, a, as a support to make things easier, to make things standardized, to make them flow in a better way. But what you showed in, in um, your session was actually situations where the old processes actually has the opposite effect. They are, they are holding the business back instead of enabling all of the new ones, all of the new, new things, all of the new processes, all of the simplifications. They are actually holding them back by using their old processes. 
Yeah, imagine like the process we talked about. Imagine that you're actually in a finance department. They are still sending out reminders to customers. They're still doing all of that manually within the collections department. Mm. But all of the things that you can automate there, it's super much. That goes for the part of doing the reminders, the uh, and also the actions to let collection agents, but Let's not forget everything about when it comes to holding a sales order, what you can do then with the risk scoring. There is so much there that you can benefit from. Yeah, I, I actually helped a, cust- uh, a colleague setting up uh, the Finance Insights uh, uh, solution today with, with the um, cash flow uh, evaluation of the customers and so on. And I, I sort of, when you said what you just said, I, I thought back to, I was at a customer uh, like a year or two ago where they were very, very upset when Microsoft went in and put the limit on how many invoices you could approve all at once or po- things you could post all at once. They put a hard limit on 100. You couldn't do more than 100 manually at once. And I asked the person because i'm not the finance person so i asked them so so you do more than a hundred manually at once yes okay so why do you do that because we want control okay so you're telling me that you are having control by basically doing control a approve yes no you're not you're not checking them at all because if if they're wrong you won't see it anyway and, and if you do, you're very, very lucky. So you might as well have a process that figures out if they are wrong, that, that where you have a rule set telling you that this one is not correct, this one is not correct. And then you have a batch job picking up all of the ones that are correct. Because to then you don't have to do that manually. No, exactly. Work with what's wrong. And I mean, if, if the answer to why are you doing this is I've always done it this way, then probably you should investigate why you're doing it that way so you can come up with a better answer. It's always that's a good rule of thumb to live, live with, I think. Um, but it's I think one of the uh, my from my experience again here, I think the, one of the reasons why we don't see as much um, change in these things is because people are not aware in many cases because especially finance is very slow moving right i mean people are doing it uh, uh, like the way we've always done it it's hard to go in and change up uh, well completely revise but i think as long as focusing on the automation part as you guys do here as well i think that's where you can really drive drive things home right let's say you can save 10 hours in your monthly closing that's something you would probably listen to rather than let's see this cool new technical report functionality. So I think the way you, we sell it. Yeah, but the thing is also that, sorry, every, <laughs> every customer is different. The smaller customer is not yeah. always the easier customer. Um, I came out from being a finance controller in a company with uh, 2,500 users in our AX12. And it was controlled really simple. And I thought, okay, we can do this so simple. So why should anyone need to do it uh, more complex? <laughs> and that's where I was totally wrong. So <laughs> what, what you have to do at first is you listen to the customer. And then yeah. you figure out you have to understand the customer before you can change the process. So I think also some of them has have probably met some consultants coming out saying, um, this is how you should do your processes, hmm. but you have to understand their company before you suggest to change the process. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a really important thing. And also to make them understand that this is a really huge system, but it's not just made for them. It's made for companies all over the world. So mm. we might want to do things in different ways. Yeah. yeah, but I also think that one of the things that is the difference between smaller and, and larger customers is that the larger customers have seen the value of the automations because they're, even though every automation has a small gain, it becomes a really, really big gain for a big company. I, I mean, I usually bring up a company like Amazon and, and ask how many, how many invoices do you think they manage manually? And the answer is probably none, as unless unless something is very very wrong. But my theory here is I, I understand that, but I think it could also have to do with the fact that the smaller customers come from smaller systems where some of these automations aren't possible. So they sort of use the, the tool in a way that they are used to using the tool. Not not always, because one of my uh, customers that wasn't the biggest one, uh, I came out and I looked at the vendor invoices and I said, why don't you just have purchase orders on everything? Why? And then they said, our vendors doesn't put the purchase order on the invoice. We put it on when it comes. And I'm like, okay, then change your process. They should put it on. And they're like, oh, we are lucky if we can uh, deal with our vendors. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so That's the reality. Everything. So... That's yeah, also a reality that you absolutely. have to, to face. You have to yeah. adapt that you're maybe not the biggest fish, but exactly right. We had another discussion with Frederick Sartre before on the, like keeping the process dialect is a very big value for, for clients. So you need to adhere to reality. Um, in many cases, you you cannot change the purchase vendor's process. That's why doing EDI projects are really tricky because you can't like ask 1,000 vendors to change on their end. So you have to like adhere to it, right? So the... The external communication is important, um, but it's it's important if you can find the sweet spot between like not disturbing your vendors, but still being able to automate something or enhance it yeah. internally. It's not only time saving; it makes life happier, which is also something we should strive for. That's as yeah, much as we can. Also, yeah, one thing that normally would happen, at least what I've seen during implementation, is actually that finance is one of the tracks that normally is on time. <laughs> prior to everyone else we're done yeah so actually here also maybe um something for the partner organization to look at because then actually the finance consultants should take the opportunity to discuss all of these things with automation because what we normally say with finance is that it's quite standardized processes yeah. so it's not very often you need a lot of customizations within that area correct so then even more time should actually be spent on things that could improve life yeah such as automation and we also showed me and leona we showed uh, the chatbot i mean how yeah. many of partners out there talk about chatbots when they talk to the finance department on what they want to do with their their erp processes I've never heard of that, <laughs> so it makes sense. But but how would you how would you um, implement the chatbot in the finance area? So like for for um, frequently asked questions, or how would you implement it? Just as well, what, what we showed and demoed uh, this mm -hmm. uh, this week was we showed a chatbot where you can actually ask about due invoices, mm -hmm. 
So get all of my due invoices that are due more than 180 days, I think I, I asked about. Then I can get that out with the customers and I can also ask the chatbot to send a statement to the customer. Very cool. That is super interesting. And it will do that. And also we have a chatbot on, on budget figures, for instance. Leona showed some budget. Uh, there is a chatbot where you can ask about those things. But if you only come out to the customer, you have a few examples with you, <laughs> like this with the budget, <clears throat> with this. Then the customer started thinking in different ways. Say, well, what can we then do? If we can do this, then maybe we can take this process for the financial manual and have a, a, a possibility to look in that one with the chatbot. Or what yeah. else can we do using those chatbots? But you need to give them the examples. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that yearly closing routine, the one where you can actually like summarize, well, that's a small little feature, really, but it, it's really, really, I saw it um, a couple of weeks back, that can really revolutionize the time you spend and the efficiency in doing a monthly and yearly closing process where you can actually divide tasks and you can link it straight into the journal. So that's something that you might not know about because everyone keeps like Excel or yeah, we know how to do it. We always do it this way. But making use of those tools that are there and knowing about them could really... Um, that's a very good use case about a chatbot. I haven't. I have to. I hope there's a recording of your session. Otherwise, I'll have to look forward to to a demo sometime. That seems really cool. But there's also another chatbot that they always get right away, uh, <laughs> which we are also covering is human resources, and yeah. there's the Leave and Absence uh, chatbot. And if you have been in uh, in uh, working in human resources, you know how many people who uh, will email or write on Teams or call mm. and ask how many vacation days do I have left. <laughs> so exactly. That's an easy one. Good question. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We have to look into more finance topics, Yuan, on our coming podcast. I always try to to uh, because I I like the processes there, but I I need to look more into the chatbots and this uh, again not too technical um, like topics on like how to speed this report up or using the storage report here. These functionality that goes a little bit out of outside of Dynamics because that's also my. Uh, take on, on the new platform here, apart from getting new functionality, it's also the whole, I mean, let's look at Power Platform and Power Automate as a tool to really efficient, um, looking at any any finance or controlling department, the, like the percentage of using Excel versus Dynamics is still a little bit high, right? So that, that's a very good area where we could improve or help users out. If I take this every Monday, I take this Excel here and I paste it over here, that's something you do, like spend two or three hours on each week, that's a really low-hanging fruit for using Power Automate and the Power Platform to, to make your life um, easier. And it doesn't really cost anything more if you can use well, the built-in tools, right? And I think if you, uh, like you said, Johan, if, if you uh, think that finance is very basic and it's the same every time, then, then you miss uh, going out and listening to the customers. Because uh, as you also said, um, it's... There's a lot of manual processes and you just have to ask the customers, so which processes are you doing again and again? Like, for example, typing 15 financial dimensions or something like that. And why are you using those dimensions? Like, it's it's not just the customer, it's also listening to the customer and helping them getting the right tools. And that's like the most fun challenge of them all, uh, as I see it. I, super, I think the problem with you one and me is that we only get raised when something goes wrong with like an, a report or something. Then they come to us and say, this report isn't working. <laughs> we have to look into it. But, it. but knowing about the tools is important. 
Yeah, but one thing we discussed before we started recording was actually also the, the other side of things is that when you do an implementation on and you're building all of your processes, since we now have an evergreen system that we mean, need to maintain forever, then every uh, every implementation, every customization, every change, we can, of course, make money off it, but we ca- it will also cost us money to maintain it over time, which means that we need to think about if if we have a if if it if it costs us more money than uh, we make out of it. And and I, I'm making the question very very simple now because I t- I talk only about money. There are of course other values like uh, uh, end user satisfaction, uh, effectivity, and and so on. Of course, but but if we sort of change it all to um, to, to dollars and euros and, and Swedish crowns, then we can compare it. And I think that's maybe uh, what we tend to not do all the time. Because when we do an implementation, uh, I think sort of our job as, as partners is to sort of challenge the, 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 the customer and say, mm. is, is this really, if you were to just erase all of this process and make it up as you want, how what would it look like because my experience is also that the the processes that the customer sees as, as their perfect process has actually evolved over the years and is this way because of many different things that has happened before and maybe it would be good to just see if we can do a re- retake on it I still haven't met a customer who thinks their process is the best ever. <laughs> I think the most common, the more common is like, yeah, this is, isn't perfect. But to, especially as you said as well, Ulrika, on the finance side, it's always the first thing to be done because I think the requirements are usually set. We know what to adhere to. We know what we need to, as a minimum, fulfill, right? To go live or to like, this report needs to have these columns and the, these values, then we're done. So I think changing that mindset, as you said, was a very interesting take like change the mindset to okay yeah this is good enough uh, but you can also look at this and this and this by leveraging these tools maybe not for for like go live but you can have them in the in the roadmap and know that these th- things exist uh, because it's a little bit of a new way to think about it um, changing or revolutionizing the accounts payable doesn't sound like the most well, I, I wouldn't sell it to my kids uh, on like bring your parent to work day. <laughs> what does your dad do? Yeah, he works with finance or inventory keeping. But um, for those of us who do, do work in reality, I think it's um, these tools are very important to, to know about. Well, I've, I've actually I've actually done that. <laughs> oh, you brought it to, to school. My, at school oh. <laughs> for a class. I think it was when my son was in first grade or something. That really gives you a good perspective of what you're actually doing when you try to <laughs> explain it for a group yeah. of kids that are seven years old. Um, so so that's really interesting. But what was the feedback? I, <laughs> no, no, they liked it. Everyone, oh. except my son, he thinks I'm a, a bit embarrassing. But um, <laughs> besides that, when we talk about those processes, again, back to new functionality would be have you tried uh, mine it and process mining no i haven't tr- tried it in reality i know about it but i haven't really tried it in reality there was another purchase done by microsoft right uh, to exactly. to uh, yeah exactly yeah 
So, so what you can do is if you go into um, Power Automate, you have something called Process Advisor, which will then give you the possibility to actually record a process of what you do today. And, and then figure you out get the bottlenecks. Visualized yeah. with all of the steps and who and how long did it take for each step. Yeah. And that is actually something, again, back to when we implement. It should it, be a tool a, already done. Exactly. Right. Looking at the process. Yeah. It should be a tool already done. And again, I mean, I, it's very rare that you go into a project and everyone's here is our process tree. Everyone is everything is mapped out. We do this regularly. We have full control of our processes. It's never happened, at least not for me. And I'm still waiting on it. So, and maybe that's the reason for these tools are missing because you used to have to like do everything manually. But if, uh, now that you have telemetrics from systems and you're, you can actually record a big step at least. Some things are done outside, of course, but as long as you can get a long way um, using these tools. You have, we are we never had a better situation to to uh, to start to grow more efficient processes than we do now. We used to be able to blame it on not having documentation, but now we have everything we should need to produce that documentation. That's a very good tip. No, I think it's super great. And and also you get maybe also the voice from not the loudest in the room. <laughs> But, no, but also exactly. from someone else that actually knows the way around the process. Yeah, and so it's I easier would... and it's better for everyone, right? So it's like if you can visualize it, you can clearly see that this is where we spend more time. Otherwise, you, you just have a feeling that that's where we spend most time. But using data to back up your, your thesis is always better. It's sort of if you don't, if you can't measure it, then you can change it. No, as you said, I mean, the whole measurement in dollars and, and money, of course, it all boils down to the bottom line. I had a previous client say the, the best thing um, that everything, everything here is just a pre-system to finance because it all ends up in ledger. And that's a very true saying, because as long as you, as long as you don't uncheck some of the parameters, that's true. Everything ends up in the ledgers for dynamics. And as long as we keep that in mind and make sure that we do our homework, I think uh, everything would be better. I think every consultant has a nice word for general ledger. And the supply chain <laughs> consultants tends to have a not, not really nice words about it. But uh, as we say in finance, there's no party without finance. No. I think that's a person perfect note to, to end with. Uh, uh, Ulrika and Luna, do you have anything else to add before we say goodbye for today? What did we want to say, Ulrika? If anyone has some nice, <laughs> nice challenges in finance, uh, keep us posted. We yeah, that's to... right. And also, watch out. We might do another battle. <laughs> Looking forward, I look forward to, to it. To. I won't yeah. miss it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank have you nice for having us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.